Hi everyone, my name's Nicole. I'm Brenna. I'm Reed. And this is Ficklick. podcast where we talk about fan fiction. Usually each week the three of us each select a fic to bring, but this week's a little bit different because it's a special birthday episode. It's for the host who hasn't had a birthday thus far (laughs) this year. (laughs) It's Reed's birthday episode. Reed, what is the fic that you chose to bring for your special episode today? Yeah, my fic this episode is Let the Light In by Sharpa. It is a BTS fic. It's Yoongkook. I am very excited to talk about it. Uh, But before we get there, um, I have a lot of trepidation. Because um, if you've listened to our past two birthday episodes, you'll know that our hastily constructed intro is um, we do a you quiz that the other two hosts make about the birthday host. um, And then we talk about, uh, we each propose a fic that the birthday host would like to see in their bookmarks or like what would bookmark if they saw it on AO3. Um, but you both made this quiz about 20 minutes ago. Uh, <laughs> yeah, in part did. while I was on zoom with you, but I don't, Ooh, I don't know what it is technically apart I from the title. Like it. I don't think I will, to be honest. Are you serious? Brenna's description of it is it's you click answers and you get a result. So that's just, true. that's just the description of what a quiz is. <laughs> Yeah, didn't yeah. sound very promising. Um, also, I do want to give a preemptive uh, apology. Uh, there's a pretty bad storm where I'm at right now, and I'm going to do my best to sort of make my audio good. But if you can hear sort of like rain or thunder or hail noises, um, it's it's ASMR. It's just Finally, some nice ambiance ASMR in the background. On this show, they've been clamoring for it. Mm-hmm. Every episode, the figlets are like, when are you going to do ASMR on figlets? If only they had access to all of my bloopers that I have saved and the, like, dozens of questionable ASMR that we've done. So, yeah, hopefully that won't be, like, too loud or anything, but uh, just a heads up. If you hear the noise, that's what that is. All right, should we take the quiz? Let's do it. Okay. (laughs) Okay, so this quiz is called, Which of Reed's Fave Character Archetypes Are You?, And the introduction says, hey, Reed, we know your fave types of characters. Heart, which one are you? (laughs) So let's start. I hate this so much already. Wait, why? We made it with such love. And I can't believe this. It's a quiz about you. I cannot stand you both. Whatever. (laughs) It's too bad. Do you want to read question one, Reed? Uh, do you want me to read it? Yeah. Yeah, okay. It says, Hobie time. Pick one of these guys. Um, and the three options are heart, with Hobie making a, a heart. Um, sexy, dot, dot, dot. And it's his Dior outfit. If you know it, you yeah. know it. Um, and the last one says, hi. And he's got sort of like pastel or like peach pink hair. And he's waving, presumably. Yeah. Which one do you want to pick? Ah, uh, none of them. I'd like to exit oh. out of this quiz. Well, you, you gotta pick one, so. Okay, I mean, like, I feel emotionally, morally, legally obligated to pick Dior Hobie, so. Nice. Brenna? Sure, I'll pick heart. Okay, I'll pick hi. 
Okay, next question. Said it's the classic U quiz Hozier song lyric question. Uh, the first option is the only heaven I'll be sent to is when I'm alone with you. Uh, the second one reads, "Babe, there's something tragic about you, something so magic about you. Don't you agree?" And the third one says, "Cause my mid youth crisis. No, cause with I'm not wearing my glasses. <laughs> <clears throat> well, let me just. I'm gonna increase the zoom. Okay." <laughs> Um, cause with my mid youth crisis all said and done, I need to be youthfully felt. Cause God, I never felt young. Wow, thank you for that dramatic reenactment. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, I'm gonna pick the take me to church one. I'll go for babe. There's something tragic about you. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. I'll have a mid youth crisis. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, this question says, uh, which Greek god's date would you crash? The options are Zeus and Hera, absolutely not, Hades and Persephone, or Pan and Dionysus. Um, it's a new ship I made, what do you think? Thanks, <laughs> the, the vibes are a little like strange. It? Uh, I guess just, no, I was gonna say based off of the, like, sheer amount of Hades game I've been playing, I was gonna pick Hades and Persephone, but quite honestly, while I would love to hang out with Persephone from the game, I, not really Hades. But I do like uh, Dionysus in the game, and there's no Pan, so I'll go with Pan and Dionysus. Nice. Yeah, it's me, your local click host who really doesn't know much that much about the Greek gods. Um, sorry, that was not my, like, nerdy childhood trait. Um, That's okay. <laughs> so I'll pick Zeus and Hera. I don't know what their vibe is, but... Pretty bad, luck. like, pretty I'll fucking bad. I'll Persephone. Yeah, it's not good, but that's fine. We'll move on. Yeah, okay. I, mean, I got the impression that it wasn't good, but, like... <laughs> Bren, you want to read this one? Yeah. Um, so this is another sort of classic you quiz question. It says, gotta pick a Saiken quote. The first one says, tell me about the dreams where we pull the bodies out of the lake and dress them in warm clothes again. And then Nick did add a little <laughs> heart emoji at the end of that. I like that poem. The second one is, you were burned, you were about to burn, you're still on fire. And the third is, he is looking at the moon and you are looking at his looking. Oh, should I pick first? Because I read that. Yeah, yeah. Go um, ahead. I'll pick the fire one. Nice. I'll go for he is looking at the moon and you are looking at his looking. Okay, I'll pick the one from Scheherazade with the little heart. The heart. Yeah. Okay, so the next question <laughs> is uh, Die Hard Ficklets will recall uh, that we did make a U quiz a very long time ago that was us testing out to see if we could figure out how to make U quizzes. Um, and the quiz was, are you Bren in the morning, Bren in the afternoon, or Bren at night? So this question is just, which of those Brennas are you? I obviously am Bren in the afternoon. Well, what you have to understand is that the answers to this quiz are like, Bren in the morning is Bren when she stayed up all night. Yes. Um, (laughs) That's why I'm the afternoon. Right. So I'm going to be Bren in the morning. Yeah, I think I'm Bren at night. Bren and I have been unhinged together in the wee hours of the evening many a time so yeah. i i think that feels right spiritually um oh wow and the last question is pick a let the light in quote um, topical the first option is life still despite all the ghosts the second option is the end of the world is often temporary and the third option is hypothetically what would you wear on a date with yungi um yeah, I think given that I quoted The End of the World is Often Temporary in our, like, 
fix of the year wrap up mm. episode where I talked about this fic. Uh, I think mm. that'll be my choice. I'm picking hypothetically what would you wear in a date with Yugi. It's my favorite one. Um, okay, I'll pick lifestyle despite all the ghosts. All right, Let's results, results. time. <laughs> <laughs> what did everyone this get? This is exhausting. Reed, what'd you get? Ugh, I'm gonna unfriend and block both of you on all social media. <laughs> well, I don't even know what you we, got. We can't make a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll still I'll still talk to you guys every other Tuesday for a podcast, but that's the only wow. time. Well, I guess end end every other Monday, the day before yeah. is when we do a pre discussion. Okay, yeah. um, mm-hmm. I got roguish self sacrificing snark king. This yeah, <laughs> this gunslinging hotshot uses sarcasm to protect himself from the feelings he has. Instead, he expresses them by throwing himself repeatedly into danger to save his friends. Sounds like we've got some unhealthy communication. <laughs> nice. That's mine. Do you want to hear what I got? Uh-huh. I can see the results. <laughs> I got guy you think you can fix. This is the guy you find yourself repeatedly writing fanfiction about. He's so close to understanding that he is deserving of love. Maybe if you throw him into peril multiple times, he will finally find family. So the third option, which I didn't actually receive on the quiz, but does need to be read out loud, um, is asshole with a heart of gold. He's a jerk, but he's sexy, and his jokes tend in an inner world of insecurity and tenderness. He's just scared to let them show. When no one's looking, he's the first one to feed the stray alley cats, and it makes you fall for him even harder. <laughs> so yeah, those are three different archetypes yeah. of characters that Reed really likes. This and is we so to- funny because when you said, like, guy you think you can fix, if that was the uh-huh. description you gave me of a character, I would instantly dislike them. Like, <laughs> instantly. The description itself, like, not bad. But, like, uh-huh. the the archetype of guy you think you can fix is actually something I can't stand. But, but yeah, um, I'll give your favorites I, I, fall into guy you think you can fix. I should have made it guy Reed thinks they can yeah, fix. That's it's not even like, not when it's like, because fr- I, I, I feel like guy you think you can fix uh-huh. is so often, I feel like the way I see it most is in like straight media in a in mm. a specific, like when that is the way that that's the not archetype the world is framed, right it's now. like the worst. Yeah. No, um, no. I will absolutely give you though, roguish self-sacrificing Star King and asshole with a heart of gold. I I think I said this on the last episode. I can't remember. Maybe I got this message after we'd already recorded it. And by last episode, I meant two episodes. Ago. The I'm out of my gourd. That one. Um, I was talking about Sylvain on Twitter, and uh, someone said uh, the quintessential genius self-loathing fuckboy. Mm. And I have never yeah, that felt such been one of them. a You're wave right. of instant despair. Yeah, yeah, it's pinned yeah. in my room in the house. Well, sorry, wow. um, we not. didn't have to make this quite quickly. We did it quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, like, this doesn't really apply to Reed's media taste, but like when I think of like quintessential guy, you think you can fix from media, it would be a character like Dean Winchester. Um, so not necessarily, like, straight media. Yeah. <laughs> Inherently queer media. Inherently <laughs> queer media. Yeah. Brennan's about to give us the dissertation on why Dean also is queer-coded, as in Holden Caulfield, as in... No, um, he's... In- Cole Sprouse, I can't remember his name now, Jughead. Cole Sprouse. Jughead from Riverdale. <laughs> okay, oh, well, okay, no. you really actually don't want this from me. <laughs> Because I was going to say he's not, but unfortunately he actually is because yeah. 
we all it's know it's the jack kerouac it's, of it it's all. the jack kerouac of it all like, <laughs> like literally like literally uh, like i wanted to say no but like unfortunately the actual yeah. origin story of supernatural said yes so yeah you know who else falls into that category yeah who? hamlet from yeah hamlet. i had a feeling yeah. <laughs> Well, <laughs> what can you do? Oh, what can you do, truly? Uh, well, should we talk about some fix we would find in Reed's bookmarks? Yeah. Oh, God, okay. I have so much fear again. I forgot we were doing this. <laughs> it was a mess. Wow, I feel so loved and appreciated on my birthday. I didn't forget, but I didn't write well, it down, so I'm I remembering it. was it was like, you quiz, and then I forgot about the you quiz, and then I also didn't <laughs> think about I'm so sorry. I can go first. Please do. Sure. Okay. So um, I did actually briefly enter Reed's bookmarks to try to um, get inspiration. There's not a lot there. No. Yeah, I was going to say it actually wasn't that helpful, Reed. So like, thank you for nothing. (laughs) Um, So I had to go my own way and make up my own I got to go my own way. Thank you. Uh Uh-huh. What about Um, us? What about everything we've been... (sighs) Oh, I'm gonna get Ficklick is gonna get a DMCA strike down from High School Musical too. You sounded too much like Troy and Gabriel. Uh, I know. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, well, this fic has nothing to do with High School Musical two or any other film in the franchise. Um, so the fandom is Critical Role. Uh, yeah. So this is a Bo slash Yasha fic. We're keeping it chill. We're keeping it simple, easy. Women doing their thing. They're jocks and they love each other. That's great, uh, but it's not canon. It's an AU where there's technically two parts to the AU. And the first part is that they're in space. And the second part is that they are like spaceship drag racers. Because uh, I know you've gotten into Formula One recently. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So I thought it would be appropriate. So they are rival drag racers who do eventually fall in love. But initially they're just like rivals and there's tension and stuff uh you know that trope better than i um (laughs) but people they're into it it's great there's exciting high tension um that's the bulk of it really uh it's very good it's about forty thousand words long approximately um so i kept it short enough so that you could bring it to the pod if you (laughs) wanted to (laughs) thank you i thought that would be good you're welcome um and then there is uh shadow ghast sequel that you also have bookmarked but it's still a whip but the author has finished all of it so they're updating chapters consistently yeah love it absolutely both of those things would be in my bookmarks <laughs> easily yeah so there you go that's my pitch thank you wow i do want this fic i do want <laughs> lesbians drag racing in space i think it's good um bren would you like me to go next so you have more time to think yeah, I'm deeply concerned by the fact that everything my brain's providing here just thinks I want to read. <laughs> and, like, there is some overlap, well, I think, because Reed and I do tend to like similar yeah. things a lot of the time. But, like, oh, God. Okay, yeah, you go next. I have to look something up really quick. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I was actually, I was thinking about this, like, I don't know, maybe, like, two weeks ago or so, because I knew that this was going to be part of the intro, and I had a bunch of really well, good okay, thoughts. okay, I guess some people know things. <laughs> I know, right? I've been preparing for this. Like, what? I just found out. <laughs> oh, we forgot to CC Brenna on the email. Oh, no. Our our fit click email chains no. that we always do. 
instead of like any one of the 17 other message ways of communicating. Anyway, um, as I, I was driving, as I was thinking about this and I was like, wow, these are some good thoughts and I don't need to write them down because I'll remember. And then I didn't. So as you guys were making the U quiz, I did my best to recall everything I had thought about. <laughs> so I think I got most of it. I got the gist. Um, this is really going to surprise you. Uh, it's a Hosuk POV. So mm-hmm. we're starting there. Uh, canon compliant. In a more similar to the ending of this fic than I sort of remembered, it is uh, accidental psychic bond between the group. Okay. Um, and I just, most of what I had was like not really plot, but like vibes. Um, I want like, Hosuk, like, you know, he, like, he carefully doles out his emotions, but he's, like, panicking, and he's, like, trying to, like, keep everyone out. Um, this is probably Namsuk, because what I really want is, like, Namjoon fighting between the urge to give Hosuk his space and also, to, like, his incessant desire to pry apart all the little nooks and crannies of Hosuk's brain and figure out what's going on in there. Because um, that is just canon. We know that Namjoon mm-hmm. feels that way, and I would love to see it in this fic, where Hobie can't really hide anything. Um, someone, Yoongi or Jimin, but probably Jimin, gives Hobie a talk that's, like, love, but also hard truth, uh, about how Hosuk needs to get Ooh. his shit together. And he's allowed to have privacy and boundaries, but also it's not the end of the world if, uh, he lets other people in a little bit sometimes. Um, like, a scene that has, like, overwhelming incandescent love and adrenaline and, like, a sense of rightness, like, performing on a stage, um, just sort of, like, that emotion shared between all of them. Uh, as I said, probably Namsuk. It could also be Polly, like maybe Rapline OT3. I love a good Rapline OT3. Um, definitely strong hints of OT7. Um, I had also put, I think, 40k-ish. So good job, Nick. <laughs> Nailed the link. Hell yeah. That's my fic that would be in my bookmarks and that I deeply desire. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> okay, I've come up with a tentative fic, but the problem is I'm unclear on the details because I'm unclear on like the f- the fan- some of the fandom uh, okay, knowledge, okay. so you'll have we'll to help me out in. a little bit. Um, okay, so I want it to be a haiku fic, because I know that that's a fandom that you've looked for a lot of fic for, but haven't found like the fic necessarily that's like in your bookmark, so I want this to be like the first haiku fic in your bookmark. <laughs> um, I think it's going to be longer than those i i want it to be around like the 60k ish mark mm. um i i want it okay i think i'm getting this ship right but like please correct me if i'm actually not <laughs> okay this is what i just googled <laughs> i want it to be for oikawa and hajime iwa what are their i don't know if those are like the first name and the last iwa name oi. The- <laughs> yeah, yeah that ship yeah uh so oikawa like oizumi okay okay yeah, so that's going to be the pairing. The, like, one fic I think that we read was in yeah. his point of view, so it was Hajime, because that is his first name, so his POV was referring to himself as Hajime, but, like, Awaizumi is what you'd get from Oikawa's point of view. Thank you. Yes. Um, okay, but yeah, it's going to be for them. I want it to be set, like, a number of years. Well, I I don't really know, like, where canon ends, so that's kind of part of my problem, but, like, like in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want it to be, like, I think... Uh, I'm trying to, like, remember the things that you've told me about IQ. (laughs) (laughs) They play volleyball. Okay, but, like, one of these two boys, like, goes to the U.S. and, like... Oizumi. Plays for a school there or something. Well, he doesn't... He doesn't... He goes to... Oizumi goes to... Or was that the fic? Oh, I actually don't know if UCI is in the fic or... He goes to California to study, like, sports medicine. Okay. And then Oikawa's the one who goes to Argentina to play professionally. And also Hinata and Kageyama and a bunch of other people play professionally. But. Okay, perfect. So yes, if you want, I like, want... a little Hinata cameo, he can be there too. Hinata absolutely gets a cameo. I want <laughs> the one who goes Hinata. to Argentina Brenda to play... Kageyama. I love Kageyama. 
<laughs> um, it's a toxic trait. Don't at me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Plenty of people would agree with you. He is good. I okay. So it's it's okay. Here we go. It's gonna be a fic where Oikawa, who has gone to Argentina to play professionally, is like really killing it, and they recruit him to play for like Argentina's national team, um, for the Olympics, and it's gonna be an Olympics fic, and. The other one whose name I'm already forgetting. Waizumi? Oh, no. Waizumi, uh, who has stopped playing professionally, but, like, who has risen up in terms of being, like, a pretty well-known and well-liked, like, trainer um, and, like, in the sort of sports medicine for a team kind of capacity uh, is, like, on the U.S. national team in that, like, support role. Mm, um, mm-hmm. So they do, like, reunite these many years later of, like, not having stayed in contact like at the Summer Olympics. Um, And there's a lot of kind of like, you know, tension about the different like places that they've ended up in life and like the different paths that they could have been on, but like aren't. And like, this is how it's ended up. Um, And like dreams that like, Mm, Iwaizumi might have had <laughs> that like didn't get fulfilled. And like watching his former teammates like play them out on like the biggest field court. Oof. Um, <laughs> Don't open me. I'm trying my best here. Don't give up. Um, Biggest court in the world. Like, biggest stage. uh, And, yeah, like, they haven't talked in years and years. And, like, this is their first time reconnecting. Um, And, yeah, I want there to be, like, a really awkward sort of, like, good game after the game moment where, like, it's the first time they're talking to each other and it's, like, very fraught. Um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, And, mm -hmm. yeah, I think it would be good if at least, like, one of the other boys was, like, on some team, other team in some capacity, um, and is the one kind of just, like, with his head in his hands about, like, how awkward it all is and, like, the terrible, like, not necessarily miscommunication, but just, like, lack of being honest about, like, feelings um, Mm -hmm. and all these things that have built up. So that's my fit concept. I hope you like it, despite my um, fumbling. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes, absolutely love it. Would bookmark it. Um, I did laugh a little bit when you said the Olympics because I don't know if you recall, but I did tell you both once that very early into watching IQ, I had a dream and you both know I have very yes. vivid dreams where we were at the Olympics and we were watching Karasuno's team and we were <laughs> sitting in the front and Brennan was heckling Hinata because he wasn't doing well. I do remember that. I had forgotten that until you just said it. Like leaned over the front of the stands and yelled, Hinata, get it together. <laughs> And he looked so despondent. Uh, um, so you said Olympics, and I did immediately think you. about it. Brenna gets a cameo in this fic. Like, it's actually written by someone yes, we know, yes. and Brenna is in the stands as, like, a, if you know it's her, you know. I was going to say, it's written by Reed, but you probably wouldn't bookmark your own fic. No. Huh? God, I'm sorry, Hinata. I wouldn't do that to you at the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> Not at the Olympics. But... <laughs> Somewhere else. Maybe. <sighs> yeah. No, great. Phenomenal. I do wish all of these fics existed. Now that we've discussed some fics that aren't in Reed's bookmarks because they don't exist, let's discuss a fic that does exist and I presume is in Reed's bookmarks. It's Let the Light In! (laughs) Yes, as Brenna guessed at correctly, um... I'm really not good at bookmarking fics, so there's not a lot there, but this fic is in it. Uh, I have read this fic, I think this is my third or my fourth reread, and I talked about it in our 2020, like, fix the year wrap-up, um, 
And for our birthday episodes, because we only do one fic, we can bring one a little bit longer than what we normally do. So this is 65k. As I said in the intro, it is Yoon Cook. Um, there's also background uh, Jimin Taeyong. Some some OT7 vibes. This fic is an AU. Um, it is set in New York uh, in modern day. Um, they are not idols. Um, but this is a world in which magic exists, and all of them have different magical abilities. Um, magic in this world is kind of like an energy that can manifest in some intangible ways, but also if you are someone who is born with a magical ability, um, it manifests itself in sort of like a specific power. Um, and Jungkook, who is uh, our POV character for this fic, his ability is that he can sense other people's emotions, and if he has skin-to-skin -skin contact, he can also read their thoughts, um, sort of like whatever's foremost in their mind. Um, Jungkook has been taught his whole life that this is like a really bad and invasive ability. Nobody in his family is magic, and so they basically encourage him to shove it all down. Um, and so he does, just takes those, those emotions, that magic, just shove it all the way down where no one can find it. Um, healthy, good. Uh, <laughs> he goes to New York to go to school. Um, he's in business school at his parents' requests. He's, like, kind of miserable. Um, he starts his fic, he's, like, very lonely and struggling and, like, doesn't really know who he is or what he wants to do. And he stumbles across the magic shop, uh, which is called the magic shop. Um, this fic has, like, a lot of references to BTS's songs and their music videos. You can definitely see where a lot of the inspiration is from. Um, they do have a song called Magic Shop. And the shop is run by the other six boys. Um, and yeah, despite his best efforts to not get pulled into the world of magic, um, he doesn't do a great job. They sort of find this sad, dripping wet boy because it's raining the first day he comes in the shop. And they are like, ooh, let's let's shepherd you in. Like, let's give you some, some found family, some love, some support. <laughs> let's get you some found family, son. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I like this fic for so many reasons. Um, as we were doing our pre-discussion, I was quite literally wailing like found family and Brenna was like yeah okay read like we get it um but listen if I'm not going to be on brand during my own birthday episode like when will I be the answer is actually almost any other, other episode times, but yeah. like <laughs> <laughs> um it's my birthday and I get to bring the found family um <laughs> I yeah I really love this fic I read a bunch of fics by this author um and I think they are wonderful I think their prose is amazing um I love how vivid this fic is. Um, the Jungkook of this fic goes through so much. Um, you want so badly as a reader for him to get his happy ending, and spoilers, he does, which is nice, but not without spoilers. going through, like, a pew, lot. Pew, 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 pew. Yeah, but he has, to, he has to go through a lot to get there. Um, this fic is pretty plot-heavy. Um, I'm sure we'll get into that as well. Um, but before I turn this over to my co-hosts to hear their thoughts, I just want to give some content warnings. This fic is tagged with past emotional abuse and mentions of a past abusive relationship. Um, and in addition to those tags, uh, I also just want to give a warning for um, suicide ideation. Scars that sort of um, mirror self-harm scars, they're not quite, but they are self-inflicted as a result of magic that goes wrong. Um, there are mentions of homophobia, especially at the end. Um, and the last one, sort of just a... a Passing warning, it's a pretty short scene, but um, Jimin's power is that he can see ghosts, and uh, not all of the ghosts had pleasant ends, and so there's one in particular that's a little bit tough, but it doesn't linger on that too long. Um, yeah, I think that's what I'd give for content warnings. Uh, 
those content warnings might sound kind of heavy, um, but for the most part, they all are largely off screen um, or just like referenced or in the past. Um, they're brought up in pretty like emotional conversations, so they can be heavy in that way. Um, but yeah, I would say nothing is like graphic. Um, yeah, and again, most of it is is off screen. So those are my warnings. That's my little summary and uh, a very quick highlight of some of the things I like about this fic. Uh, now I turn it over to my co-hosts. Yeah, I really enjoyed reading this. I've heard a lot about this fic from my friends who, uh, especially my co-hosts who I know have read it multiple times, but also like (laughs) other friends in the BTS fandom who I know really love this fic who have also probably read it multiple times. I have read other things by this author before, but this was my first time reading this fic in particular. Um, So it was really nice to finally get to read it and to really like get an understanding of why it's so beloved, I think. Uh, It makes a lot of sense why it's so beloved after reading it. Um, I think it does a lot of things amazingly while the, I mean, as Reed already mentioned, the found family really is at the core of this fic. I think it's handled excellently and is really compelling. Um, The Jungkook POV really works for me. I really like the sense of place. It was very like cinematic in my head as I was reading through this. I don't have any sense of New York City as like a real place. I've never been there. I only have experienced it through uh, fiction, movies, TV shows. So in my head, it always is a cinematic place because that's the only frame of reference I have for it. So I think this fic really played into that aspect and like in my head everything was really vivid. Um, I think there was a really good contrast between how Jungkook feels lonely and sad and frightened on his own a lot of the time and it feels very colorless versus like how bright and happy and exciting his world gets to be when he meets the other boys and when he begins to be able to like live his life and step with them. Um, So I think that was really effective for me. I really enjoyed that aspect. Um, I will say there were a few things that like didn't hit as well for me in this fic, but that's not because of like the writing that's all due to personal preference (laughs) um there were just some tropes in it that like aren't my personal favorite so those I didn't connect with as well as I think someone else might have but again even with those I can completely understand why they are other people's favorites why they're really loved um they just didn't necessarily like resonate with me as much yeah for this fic um called out by Brenna. I have as well as Reed read this multiple times. I think this might have been number four for me as well. Um, I also like read an obscene amount of fic though, to be fair. So <laughs> um, especially no, last good year. Thing but... you're doing this podcast. Oh my god, what a coincidence. <laughs> um, no, it's talking about it made me think about there was a conversation a little while ago in the FitClick server on Discord uh, where someone was like, oh, like, you know that genre of it's like OT6 and then Jungkook who is just like a lonely human <laughs> and finds them and like they're magical in some way and everyone was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like everyone's wrecking different fics. <laughs> uh-huh. Like it's a legitimate trope in and of itself. So I just find that funny. I mean, it's good. Obviously, there's a reason that we keep doing it. Um, but I think this fic is like such a shining example of what people really like about it. Um, Ficklets, I think you know me by now. Um, I'm always interested in an exploration of like shame and loneliness. Uh, and this fic does that really well. I like the way it literalizes these things. Um, and there are some really, really strong allegories and extended metaphors happening. Um, the magic in it it serves the plot but it also serves the emotional drive of the fic and i really liked that about it 
And I think that's one reason it makes it so easy to connect because it has so much to say um, and it's able to say these things on multiple dimensions all at the same time. So, yeah, I mean, I agree it's very um, visual, which I always like find interesting and also envy when I see writers doing that well. I'm like, how did you make me see this in my head? I never see anything in my head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, a shape. Incredible. Um, so, yeah, I mean, overall, it's just like. It's a very nice fic, and I think, I'll probably talk about this later too, but I think it is a really nice fic to reread when you know everything that's going to happen in it. Um, not necessarily because there's mysteries that you're like really dying to solve, though there are some of those, but I think just because it sets out to do such a specific thing that like if that's the thing that you want to read, it is such a good example of how to do that and how to resolve emotionally all of its threads into something that I found really satisfying, so... That's my perspective. One thing that I meant to bring up during pre-discussion, but I didn't, and now I will, um, <laughs> because I think some listeners might be wondering too, or at least maybe they would. Um, this fic is was written in 2018, right? So it was written significantly before the fifth muster, where they had the little VCR that essentially is like Jungkook goes to the magic shop where all the other boys. Mm-hmm work there and do magic right i believe so okay because this fic like has so much of that but it's like i was pretty sure that it was written without that being in the world yet um which was really incredible i was like who on bts's creative team like red sharpest fan? <laughs> yes uh the fifth muster took place from june 15th to june 23rd 2019 Bren, I like that you were like, oh, who in the creative team read Let the Light In? Because my brain was like, oh, Sharpa works for BTS's creative team, <laughs> which I know is not true, but like, <laughs> who on the creative team wrote Let the Light In? <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I was pretty sure that that wasn't like a feasible thing for Sharpa to be doing, no. but maybe, who do I, like, what do I know about their life? Nothing. I don't know Sharpa, but like, I'm, I feel pretty confident saying they are not on BTS's creative team. Right. Um, I just like was really like that kept being in the back of my mind. Like this feels almost like an AU of that little video. If anyone who's listening to this is a BTS fan and has seen it, you will know what I mean. Um, so I was just like thinking about that aspect, especially because one of the author's notes says like, oh, this was kind of based off of some fake love and like mm -hmm. the teasers for that. And I was like, wait, the magic shop. <laughs> and then I yeah. looked at the dates and I was like, oh, wait, this is like a premonition. <laughs> I was just going to say that, like, I think that is such a testament to, like, how well the references to BTS and sort of the the lore was integrated that it feels like it is an AU of something that right. didn't even exist yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Brenna mentioned this. I had in my notes the same thing, that this fic felt so cinematic. Um, and once again, I don't know the details of Sharpa's life, but... I'm going to assume that at one point they lived in New York, or if not, they've done some incredible research. Um, because to me, this fic is um, kind of going off of what Nick was saying about when you see something done so well. Um, when I think about like, oh, writing from what you know, this fic feels like, oh, you are writing about a city you know and like a home that you know, and you're going to put that love of it and that knowledge of it into a fic um, in a way that I think comes across so, so well and that worked really well for me. Um, and... I think, too, a feeling that came across, like, with the contrast of this, like, lonely city and the brightness of the boys is, um, as I sort of mentioned in the beginning, Junko came to New York because he was 
um, in Seoul National University before this, doing uh, t- trying to get a business major as his parents wanted him to, and he was miserable. So he was like, well, maybe it'll be better if I'm just a little further from home. And um, oh boy, the feeling of just sort of like picking up your life and moving to a new city you know nothing about and like hoping that fixes your problems and then figuring out like all your old baggage is still there. Haha, <laughs> that, that's not relatable. I've never done that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um yeah i mean i think it was just written so well and like yes it's relatable to me but i do feel like it's relatable to a lot of people around our age like out of college or sort of or jungkook's in college but that feeling of sort of like i'm unhappy with myself and where i'm at and i feel so unrooted but like maybe a sense of newness or being somewhere else is going to like magically fix everything for me yeah finding out that that's not true yeah. can be pretty disappointing um it's like <laughs> Ernest Hemingway famously did not say, wherever you go, there you are. <laughs> right, right. Oh, that is still one of my favorite spoilers without context that we Don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, once again, listeners, check out um, I'm Out of My Gourd if you'd like some context. Um, yeah, that was just something in this fake that I thought was done mm-hmm. so well. Jungkook feels very much like a young 20-something trying to figure himself out and struggling with it. Um, and yeah, I I was sad for him. Like I said, like I, I wanted his happiness. I was rooting for him in this fic. And like, you often root for your POV character, but this is one where I was like, oh, bud, you are so unhappy and I know that something better is out there for you and I, I want you to find it. Yes, and it's these six shop owners who are competing to make better tea and bring it into their <laughs> arguments. <laughs> Uh huh. It's so funny. I don't know. I love when like an unlikely premise is just leaned so hard into. Like, can you imagine being in a city and like seeing this whack shop and being like, "Hello," and then suddenly you're like basically living there. <laughs> like, I just love that. And I think, yeah. I mean, one of my notes absolutely was like, "Who among us has not cried walking through a city because you expected your life to be different by now?" Uh, I mean, I haven't, but I imagine a lot of people have <laughs> probably. <laughs> Yeah, I just get the sense yeah. that it's probably relatable. Anyway, um, yeah, and like, I don't know, I'm also a sucker for like hurt comfort. And I feel like that's what a lot of this fic is, especially in the first half of him just being like so miserable and learning how to like let go of a little bit of that and be a little bit more open about the things about himself that he was taught were shameful. I think a big cornerstone of the first two chapters of this fic is him accepting that magic is not this horrible thing um, because his parents and his like backstory in this fic is that as soon as he discovered that he had these empathic abilities and telepathic abilities, his parents were like, that's dangerous and you could like do these horrible things with it. So um, this, I guess, actually probably would be an additional content warning is they forced him onto medication, uh, which I just remembered. so FYI on that but yeah there's just like a lot of this part of me is bad wrong shameful and other people would find it the same way so for him to find these people specifically who are like are so happy and proud of their magic and happy to teach him and stuff um, I think it's such a relief as, as a reader after you especially that first chapter where it's so bleak and he's so miserable to get a moment of respite where he's able to say like this is who I am and this is what I'm sad about and for them to say it's normal and it's okay and actually it sucks that people made you feel bad about it i mean like i said earlier there's a lot of like very clear metaphor and allegory here Mm -hmm. um 
but I did like the way that it was executed. I think the emotional payoff really worked for me with that specifically. Yeah, I think one of my favorite parts of the fic is like not only Jungkook stumbling upon the shop, but then Jungkook's like subsequent visits back to the shop and like each time he meets one of the other boys who's like working the front at that time um i was thinking about how like media that is fantasy or has fantasy elements like there's often i think two big ways that like the magic is approached either your protagonist like doesn't know a whole lot or doesn't know anything about it and then the doors are opened into this like new bright exciting world um even though we don't support her on this pod i do think a classic example of that would be like the first harry potter book when he goes to diagon alley like straightforward like ooh, magic never knew about it here it all is like bright shining amazing exciting or your protag already knows about magic and you the reader are dropped into the world and learn about it through them who's already like a practitioner or like a student or whatever I think this one was like, this is definitely on the first side where Jungkook knows about magic, but he's never gotten to really fully experience it or enjoy it or allow himself to be open to it. And those scenes are like, he first goes into the shop and like is meeting all the different boys and they all have their own takes on like the shop and magic and their own magic and, but are all so positive and welcoming. I think was a really enjoyable series of uh, scenes to read and I think really effective as well I like that sequence of him meeting them over time like that um, and like what it did for Jungkook's narrative too of kind of being pulled back to the shop like wanting these new experiences and each time he does sort of get a new experience with one of the other members um, and like what they kind of have to offer him in that moment and how they all kind of just like agree behind his back that they've like adopted him in already without him even really knowing that they've thought about him but they have um, and I think like that's an important aspect of it too is like Jungkook not thinking that he's like memorable or worthy of like kind of having friends and then everyone else liking him so much right off the bat and deciding that they like are gonna be friends with him like regardless i think on that too um bren you had mentioned a little bit earlier that there were like some things you struggled with a bit and i think this fic does it well for me but something that i do struggle with sometimes with the jungkook pov is like i feel like sometimes fix can just give him such a lack of agency um or mm-hmm. like I, I don't know exactly how to phrase this but i feel like sometimes it's just like he is struggling so much and like in a way that I'm like, okay, but like, I want, I want to, yeah, I guess like more agency. Like I want to see a little bit more from him. And this fic, I think does a good balance of like having him be sad and lonely, but also like having the growth, like within himself of his own character. And for me, one of the things that helped balance it, especially early on in the fic where like he is just drowning in misery is um, there's a line about how like he does like people and he does want to be social it's just that he's been taught to hide so much of himself away and he doesn't know how to unpack that and something about that line like it's only a couple sentences he's thinking about like classes and how he struggled to make friends with classes because he's seen as kind of this strange kid who keeps to himself and always wears gloves and stuff but yeah the thing that it's like oh the the true jungkook the one that even he knows is like someone who does want to be around people who wants to make these connections he just like doesn't really know how to at this point i think that helps that sort of perspective of like he's reaching out he just doesn't know how to like fully bridge the gap. Yeah, well, I think, and this is going back a little bit, but this this fic is such a classic hero's journey. I promise this is connected to what we were talking about, but 
I mean, you can also go on your own tangent. Yes. I can't. I can't. (laughs) Oh, okay. Okay. I'm here for the show. We've never gone on a Which tangent on this myself. show. It involves lots of tangents. <laughs> I always only talk about what is on topic. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, okay. So um, enterprising figlets will know that I uh, studied English um, and mostly like Western fiction in the past. So I'm, I'm very... Uh, the hero's journey is something that pops up a lot in my head when I'm reading stuff because I just see it everywhere. And in this case, I was really seeing it. So I'm going to do just a really quick rundown of the parts of it that I found the most um, obviously connected to the hero's journey format. Um, I mean, you pretty much always start with like the ordinary world and the call to adventure and fix that includes some kind of fantastical element that the POV character is not already aware of. Uh, so the refusal of the call is his first time leaving the shop, of course. Uh, what Brenna just outlined of like going back and meeting the mentors, you could say, <laughs> at the shop <laughs> uh, is kind of his introduction. And then we hit act two when he crosses the threshold of like, OK, fine, I'm in this. Teach me tests, allies, enemies. We don't see a ton of, I mean, he obviously has allies, <laughs> um, but that's kind of where you start seeing the like the scene in the dance studio where they go and they release their magic and you start to see a different side of magic and what it is and what it does is when you start getting pieces of backstory from the other characters um approach to the innermost cave and then the ordeal are really what we see in chapter five for the most part we get yungi's backstory of having his well spoiler horns beep, 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 beep. Beep, beep. um he's mute in this fic he'd had his voice stolen by like an ex-lover that was uh, i think reed mentioned before who was like abusive and very horrible um so thinking that he had located yungi's magic somewhere they all end up in a trap blah 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 uh, I shouldn't say that. It was a pretty intense scene. <laughs> uh, whatever. <laughs> they only almost you know, die. Just, you know, just traps. Whatever. You know how it is. <laughs> Happened to me last week. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. It's fine. No, I returned with the elixir. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm so glad. On your little RPG yeah, quest. No worries. Uh-huh, that's me. <laughs> that's the last stage of the hero's journey. Um, no, but like we see his knowledge of magic and his understanding of how it works and the connections that he's made with the other is really put to the test. Yeah, the reward of the, which is like the seizing of the sword actually ends up being um, them accidentally. Well, this is, okay, I always, I can't help but find this part funny where he's like, whoops, created a circle. We're bonded for life. <laughs> like, can you imagine yeah. doing that by accident? That's like, oh, it's like, oh, I understand why he like, was The last freaked. one was 50 years ago. Like, there's yes. no like instructions on how to deal with it like good luck kids <laughs> like hey besties uh i have some news hey besties if one of us breaks this we all fucking die <laughs> Let, let's have fun so like for just for a little bit of uh clarification or like elaboration <laughs> they become bffls yes and also so they're yeah so they're in this horrible magic shop whatever they get trapped and because Jungkook's ability, as mentioned before, is, like, he's empathic, he can hear people's thoughts and and Mm -hmm. read their emotions. He is the one who, like, he's trying to get the rest of their friends out, and so he ties his magic to each, like, person that he finds and uses it to break the bonds and get the next person out, so on and so forth. So they all, like, come together as this united front and use their connected magic to, like, break free. Um, And then afterwards, as they're, like, recovering in the hospital, uh, they realize that now all of them can hear each other's thoughts um, 
and also are, yes, bonded for life. Mm -hmm. Yes, and one more hero's journey point, speaking of the hospital, the 11th step of the hero's journey is literally resurrection. (laughs) Um, So not to be dramatic, but this is a hero's journey. Like, I see you, Sharpa. Uh, I don't know if it was intentional. (laughs) But um, yeah, we're just spoiling this entire fake. Hey, everyone. It's early in the conversation and you're getting all of it, but I wanted to talk about how it's a hero's journey. Um, so I, maybe we'll save that part. We'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it later, maybe. But there Just is a resurrection. Sprinkle in some resurrection. Like, yeah, there definitely is what I would consider to be a pretty clear-cut resurrection <laughs> in this fic. <laughs> And I just think that that's really fun. So when I was like looking earlier this afternoon, I pulled up the hero's journey like wheel and I was like, yes, 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 yes. I love it when my instincts are right. It makes me so happy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, going off some of the things uh, Nick mentioned, I am not as familiar with like the hero's journey wheel. Um, I understand it loosely, but I also like wasn't any sort of like, English or writing major, um, so I'm often a little bit more vague on some of those things. Um, But one of the things you mentioned was sort of like, you know, they go, like, the hero goes through all of these trials sort of towards, like, the first third of this. Um, And I think what's interesting is for Jungkook, a lot of those, like, trials or, like, the quote-unquote, like, enemies that he's facing are really, like, internal things that he's having to break down. And I think this will sort of get us into our conversation about, like, shame in this fic as well. Um, which I know my friends have a lot to say about. But, you know, I think that that's something that we see a lot more in fan fiction than we do in, or at least than I do in a lot of, like, published fiction, where there is sort of this, like, hero's journey arc. Like, a lot of the times it would be more external things, even if those things then bring up internal feelings that the character also has to work through. Like, they're often triggered by, like, an external uh, event or person or enemy or something. But for a lot of what Jungkook's dealing with, it all is internal. And it sometimes it is triggered, but it's been triggered by, like, the nice things his friends are trying to do <laughs> and his inability to, like, cope with them, essentially, and, like, to accept uh, what they're trying to, like, give him um, in terms of teaching him about magic, teaching him about himself, like, teaching him how to use the, this, like, gift that he has in a way that's safe. Um And so I just thought that that was interesting. And that's definitely something that's like, I don't know, you know, I think one of the things we do on this pod is really kind of push at the boundaries of like, what is fan fiction? Like, we don't have a super rigid definition of it. And, you know, I think there's things that like, we think of as being fan fiction-y. And for me, one of those is definitely a lot of concentrating on the interiority of a character. And like, that a lot of the struggles that they have to go through are ones that are internal and feeling and emotion based, uh, rather than always being like an external challenge or enemy or something like that. Yeah, and I mean, I think one of the things that makes this fic work so well for me is, especially when it's sixty six k. If it was just sixty six k of like internal emotional turmoil, I think that would be a little tough to <laughs> Ooh, get through. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like I love a good character study and whatnot, but like if it's all gonna be internal reflection, you know, I think I'd aim for like my my ideal would be like a ten K, a twelve K something like that. Yeah. Sixty six K of just Jungkook being like, God, my life sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I have all these horrible emotions in here would be tough to read. Horrible emotions. Yeah. Um and so part of I think what makes this fic work so well is that like the plot is also so dense, like there is so much going on. 
And so, yes, like, Jungkook very much is in his own head and, and dealing with a lot. And a lot of that is just the little interactions of, like, you know, Jimin or Taeyong or whoever being like, we care about you. Accept our, like, love and affection. And Jungkook's like, but I can't. But also, you do have this whole big <laughs> plot of, like, what happened to Yoongi in the past and, like, even, like, working at the magic shop, stuff like that, and then, like, the confrontation in, like, the black magic shop. Um, yeah, I just think, I think it is one of the strengths of this fic that it balances that emotional turmoil with its plot, and, um, I think it does its pacing, like, really, really well in that regard, too. Yeah, I think, for me, two things off of that. First, totally agree about pacing. I think it's a really well-paced fic, honestly, and, like, my favorite part of pacing is actually in probably the first half of the fic, there is such a sense of dread because you know the school stuff is going to catch up with him. He is failing classes. He's on academic probation briefly. He's really struggling for a myriad reasons, but um, he is kind of lying to his parents. He's scraping by. Um, there's He knows he's going to have to confront it eventually, but he's just not at a place where he's ready to. He doesn't want to leave New York. He doesn't want to give up on it. So I thought that pacing was really really good um like there was this sort of creeping dread that i didn't find overwhelming but it definitely it added some tension that was exterior to the fic that helped and i think the other thing for me that helped with it not feeling way too interior and way too i'm in my own brain and woe is me for 60k was and this is a thing i see in a lot of k-pop fic honestly you have a kind of a built-in ensemble mm. Not every K-pop fic is going to utilize every member, but I would say the majority will include all of them in some capacity. So we do, they like, they have their own lives in this fic. You have Taeyong who's like preparing for his fashion show and is getting Jungkook to help him. You have uh, the backstory of Yoongi stuff and how it's still impacting him and Namjoon and Hoseok, like emotionally, um, the shop itself, like there's a lot of stuff that is still actively happening. Jimin's power is dealing with ghosts um, that I thought really helped when it came to allowing a little bit of space and a little bit of a breather from this sort of internal angst, misery. Let's just say misery business. Cue <laughs> <laughs> Paramore. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I... I mean, I absolutely love the, as you said, ensemble cast of the rest of BTS here. Um, I particularly really loved the Taeyong of this fic. Um, I think the moments, the sort of like quieter moments or the one-on-one -on -one moments that he has with Jungkook, he shines really well. Like, um, as Jungkook is sort of like dipping his toes into the magical world, they all take it upon themselves to like have their own personal version of like a lesson, like, like something they individually can bring to teach Jungkook about this world. And Taeyong's thing is he brings Jungkook to, like, an old, like, restored sort of theater, and they just lay on their stage, like, sort of in the middle of the night, and Taeyong's like, well, I don't really know how to teach you about magic, but I can, like, tell you about me. Um, and it was such, like, a lovely scene, I thought. But also in terms of things that I loved with this cast is there's a group chat uh, that Jungkook gets dropped into that I is love the group chat. so funny and good. Like, all of the glimpses we got of the chats, like, made me audibly laugh the like first time that jungkook is coming over and uh like someone's like i'll get rid of the carnivorous plants and hobie's like there are no carnivorous plants um and namjoon's like one of them was looking at me and hobie goes i said no carnivorous plants and namjoon's like what the fuck does that mean <laughs> like having a whole ass conversation that does not relate to jungkook but he's just like there yeah. he's just vibing um it was delightful the group chats were so good yeah i think talking about interactions that jungkook had with some of the other um 
I was gonna say cast members of this <laughs> fic. Like I guess mix it ensemble, um, and now we're on something. this. Yeah, uh, with some of the other characters, I really liked his relationship with Jimin in particular. Um, I think one of the like sort of emotional moments that really stood out to me is when he and Jimin talk about like the connection to the ocean they both feel through their magic, even though they have really different types of magic. Both of their magic is sort of centered in this, like, empathetic range, um, with Jungkook being able to sense the emotions of other, like, living people and Jimin being able to sense the dead. Um, but they both also feel this really strong connection to, like, the ocean. Um, and they talk about how they think that that's linked to, like, them being from Busan and, like, the link to the ocean there and how they can just feel it and how it's this really comforting thing to be able to go out to the ocean, how they both felt this pull to just go out there and, like, stand in the waves. Um, and I think that was, like, that's it's coming up a few times in this fic, but I really liked that through line and it felt like one of the first kind of times Jungkook was willing to open up his magic internally a little bit and like recognize the impulses he's had about it he's kept it locked down so tight because of the way his family treated him um in regards to the magic and like he's so unwilling to kind of like look at it directly or like feel it and I think Jimin being like don't you feel this pull like I do like and Jungkook realizing that yes he has he does um I think was a really compelling moment for me and I liked that it came back a few times. Um, and I just, yeah, I thought it was a really nice character interaction that like carried on between those two. Um, especially because like, even though most like BTS or K-pop fics do involve like a big cast, like this is still a fic with like a main ship. <laughs> <laughs> so I really appreciate when fics have these strong other friendships and when our POV main character gets to develop these other like platonic relationships that are also really meaningful. Um, so I thought that was handled really well in this fic. And one of my favorites was definitely between Jungkook and Jimin. Okay, yes, also I was shipping them though. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> like, Every time I read this, this is not fic, surprising. I start shipping them and then I feel guilty when I get to the part where Jimin's like, and Taeyong, my perfect boyfriend who I've been dating since we were teenagers, and I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you don't feel bad uh, for Yungi at all? <laughs> He's fine. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Oh. <laughs> uh. Uh, I mean, I can't say you're, like, one, that's unsurprising because of your G-Cook feelings, uh -huh. but also, two, yeah, like, well. yeah, the vibes are kind of there. Sorry, Sharpa. <laughs> <laughs> Bren, to what you were saying about the ocean, this connection, um, something I liked in this fic is how, like, there's so much imagery and talk of, like, water, and it is this thing that is both killing Jungkook and also saving him. Um, like, in the beginning, especially when he's really bogged down with, like, the loneliness and the impending school failures and stuff like that, like, he talks about, like, water filling up his lungs. Like, he he can see just sort of, like, the slowly rising tide that's going to consume him and he just feels like it's going to swallow his whole life. And then you have, on the other hand, like, him and Jimin having this, like, lovely moment where they talk about how, like, the ocean connects them and sort of grounds them and heals them. Um, and touching a little bit on what Nick was alluding to earlier with the with the end with some resurrection um the ocean it's literally a baptism <laughs> yeah sorry i'm fine no it literally is <laughs> um i guess we might as well just just talk about it yeah read please yes so they go to this magic shop and jungkook ties all of their magic together to sort of like break them out of this psychic thing that like that they've been mentally held that is draining away all their energy um, and then these, like, shadow figures come to attack them, and Yoongi, who is the strongest, because his magic is elemental, um, which is, like, 
has to be, like, registered with the government as having, like, really powerful magic. Um, he basically puts everyone behind him and unleashes a very powerful attack to save them all, but uses too much of his magic, and he starts dying sort of right in front of them. And Jungkook is like, uh-uh-uh, I don't think so. And, um... <laughs> no, you don't. Basically pours all of his magic into Yoongi and sort of dives headfirst through that mental connection. Um, and then you get three scenes, like, short scenes of, um, Yoongi dying and knowing that he's dying. Um, and Jungkook's like, absolutely not, like, you have to stay here. And so in an effort to sort of save Yoongi, Jungkook keeps, like, taking his magic and pulling, like, pulling wherever it's, wherever it's tugging him towards. And the last scene is they end up in the ocean in Busan. Um, and now Jungkook can sort of feel himself dying too. And they're, they're in the water and it's rising. And Yoongi's like, why did you follow me here? And Jungkook is like, because I love you and it's worth it. Like, this is a love that's worth it. And it's sort of like... And when he says he has no regrets and you're like, ah, he's gonna die. But you know he's not because you've read this fic three times already. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. But yeah, basically it's this whole climactic moment and Jungkook in his head is like, of course he would wind up here. Like this place that he's been running from his whole life and he ends up back in the ocean in Busan and everything is cyclical, but at least he's here with his boy that he loves. Um, and then the ocean goes over their heads and Jungkook's like, okay, I have no regrets. Like, this is the end. And then it's not! They wake up, they're in a circle, they're bonded for life. Hashtag for L-Y-F-E. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, literally, they both are dunked underwater and then they wake up and their connection with the world is different because the magic has changed. Anyway, just just thinking about it, just thinking about them also, again, literal resurrection, like they're dying and then they wake up together. Mm -hmm. So, I feel like you have some things you want to get into with it. You keep saying I'm just thinking, but like, do you want to say something? I'm just, I'm just, I'm just thinking. Okay. You know how we have a podcast where we just think instead of saying <laughs> yeah. stuff out loud? No, I just, okay, like, I just think there is something so interesting about the choice to have the climax be entirely in Yoongi's head while they're dying. Because the, like, as you're reading, especially the first time you're reading, you think the climax is when they're all suspended in these different places. And like, you could read it that way if you wanted to. Um, that is the plot climax, but not necessarily the emotional climax. And I'd argue that the emotional climax is more important to this fic and its structure. Um, but like they're running through and they're gathering everyone and they're saving people and Yoongi's doing the big magic and sacrificing himself. And then the actual moment where everything shifts and like folds in on itself and changes is inside of Yoongi's head. Like I just really love the inversion. And I think... Because in most heroes' journeys, the ordeal and the seizing of the sword are the most important parts. Because it depends. <laughs> so I was going to say, I guess it depends on your definition of which sword Jungkook is seizing. <laughs> but oh my god, <laughs> it's not the time. It's not the time. I'm not responding to that. Actually, thanks. <laughs> yeah, it's. Don't worry about it. Um, unlike Jungkook, I do have regrets. But um, <laughs> I just like the resurrection is the climax here where he really realizes that the thing that is most important to him is a thing that like he built and found himself and it was not a thing that his parents were telling him he had to do it wasn't a thing that he had like almost prescribed himself as a solution to his own sadness it was a connection that he had made with someone that really mattered to him and that's why he doesn't have any regrets because he's going in and saying fine if we're gonna die then we'll die together and that will be something meaningful this whole fic is really about his search for something that like matters and yes he does accidentally create best friends for life <laughs> whoops but like 
it is such a fitting culmination. His return with the elixir is not, I mean, you could read it multiple different ways, right? It could be him deciding to drop out of business school and go into a more artsy, creative field. You could read it um, as like, I don't know, the sixth chapter has a lot of stuff that's like resolution and different things being tied up. But to me, the return of the elixir is coming out of that world after resurrection with this bond that he created that is a physical manifestation of the meaning that he found in his quest through this entire fic. So that's why this is a hero's journey. Okay, I have to say something that when I said during our pre-discussion made um, Nick roll her eyes at me like really aggressively. Brent a little bit too, After but she I came- went on my beautiful spiel and you're doing this. It's the right time for it. I'm not going to go 20 minutes okay, of the conversation fine. and circle back to like, hey, this thing. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah, well, yeah, so Nick just said all of these like really lovely, beautiful things about the hero's journey and the baptism. And what I'm here to tell you is that in that moment, um, so the fake reads, he sloshes closer to Yungi, cups his face. The roar of the ocean is nearly deafening, and on the horizon, the sun is sinking fast. Behind them, the city itself is starting to crumble, cracks appearing along the skyscrapers, chunks of concrete and glass tumbling into the sea. But Jungkook's world is Yungi. And uh, my note was, unfortunately, I am once again thinking about Inception. <laughs> uh. Okay, because, like, the, in Inception, when yep. Leonardo DiCaprio, whose character's name I can't remember, Dom Cobb, when Dom Cobb, he, he ends... <laughs> yeah, how could you forget? <laughs> sorry, Dom Cobb's farmer stand, of course. Yeah, That's a deep sorry, cut. Dom. Go back to, like, episode, I don't know, seven or something for that one. Is that even in the episode? <laughs> I don't know. I think it's in our episode description. Okay, now hold on, now I have to look it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, episode four. ORM, we're really in it now. Um, episode four. We get really deep into the mortifying ordeal of being known, being compassionate to your younger self, and Dom, Tom Cobb's farmer market stand. <laughs> um, wow. Anyway, Dom Cobb is, like, in, like, the deepest level of inception or the brain or whatever, and he's with Maul, his wife, and, like, they're literally, like, by the water, and behind them is this entire city that they've built themselves in their mind, and Dom is, like, we can't stay here, like, if we stay here, we're dying. Like, you are dying. Like, we we need to get out. We need to go back to the land of the living. And, like, where all of our friends are and our family. And, Nick, do not make that face at me when I'm right. <laughs> no, like, you're absolutely right. You're getting like, on a train and you don't know where it's going. Well, <laughs> you hope it's going somewhere nice. That's okay. <laughs> I think that oh, it's the exact same joke you made last time I said that quote on this pod. <laughs> it's not a joke. It's just that I don't remember the quote, but that's like the you only thing I remember from with, the whole movie. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a very Nick kind of statement. Yeah. Um, I rolled my eyes more just because it's like, that was not what I had anticipated. <laughs> and we do seem to bring up Inception like a lot on this podcast. Like a disproportionate um, <laughs> amount, considering I don't think any of us like really had a strong like fic phase did you read no i, 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 I read some arthur ames but i was not like in the oh, fandom okay. i right like, so it just like, why does it come up so it's much? a good movie in the fandom at all but like, it had a lasting impact we reread it or like we rewatched the movie like last year and it really refreshed a lot of things in my brain mm -hmm. for me oh you spin a top and you hope it falls over so you know it's real that's from inception yeah um, I also, okay, on a slightly more serious note, not serious, getting back to the fic in a way that is not an obscure reference that both my co-hosts dislike. Um, I actually think you're totally right. Okay, thank you, Brenda, that one of my co-hosts dislikes. Um, I will say, it did take until my, again, third or fourth reread to notice that um, in the bit 
just before they're in Yoongi's head and whatever, um, when Jungkook is trying to find all of the other members and sort of crashing through this shop and, and tying their magic together, um, with each new person that he finds, I didn't realize this, but the dialogue, like, they already have the psychic bond of speaking in each other's heads. Like, all of the dialogue is in italics the same way it is, like, when they are speaking through the bond. Um, and I just thought that was really cool. I can't believe it took me until, like, a third or fourth reread to notice it, but, um, it's like, oh, You were swept up in it. I was. Um, yeah. I was too busy, like, picturing Min Yoongi suspended midair, like, with, like, this horrible shattered mirror room around him, like, getting the magic slowly drained out of him. Ooh, yikes. Well, that's how it's described in the fic. He was fine in the end, don't worry. Yeah, again, baptism, he's looks. back, all good. Also, while we're sort of, like, on this scene and, and the aftermath of it, um, if you recall the you quiz quotes that uh, Michael has selected, um, <laughs> yeah. and the one that I said I mentioned in our 2020 like wrap up episode, um, so after they all or after Jungkook wakes up in the hospital and they sort of take the magic blockers off and realize that they've created this circle in which they can all speak to each other, Jungkook is like, "Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! I've tied them to me like inextricably for life. This is horrible!" And so he runs up on the roof and is like super upset. Understandable, I think. He's like, "I have." I've just done a horrible thing. And the others do not see it as horrible, but I understand that Jungkook is like... I wanted something so badly and now, like, no one had a choice in it and the way that it turned out and I got it, but, like, at what cost? Exactly. So Jungkook's on the roof and um, a couple times previous in the fic, Yoongi has written Jungkook notes um, in part because that's largely how Yoongi communicates is either through sign language or by writing things down, but also, like, he knows that Jungkook is skittish and needs to sort of, like, internalize things on his own time. So he's written these, like... Notes that have had a really big impact on Jungkook. Um, and so as Jungkook is on the roof, Yoongi comes up and hands him this letter and sort of walks to the other side to sort of give Jungkook room to read it. And um, the whole letter is really good um, and really upsetting to me personally. Uh, but basically, like, Yoongi's like, no one is upset with you. Like, you saved our lives. Like, take a deep breath. Everything is going to be okay. He's like, I still love you. Everyone downstairs is, like, worried and loves you too. And then he says... The end of the world is often temporary. I thought everything was over when I lost my voice, but life continued. Life even turned good again. This is one of those moments. It feels like you're in a free fall, like nothing can ever be right again. But those moments end, and you get back up, and you realize you're stronger than you thought. And despite reading this fic multiple times, I still did tear up at that bit. It always hits just <laughs> so hard. Um, yeah. Yeah, so one thing we've kind of talked both a lot about and, like, not specifically about um is the magic of this universe so each character kind of has their own type of magical ability like their own thing that they specialize in um but there's also a lot of like interconnectedness with the magic and things that they all seem to be able to do or like if they pull from just their core of i guess magical ability that they're they can kind of channel it into other things like jungkook when he's linking them together or like the dance practice scene where they kind of all create like colors with their movements um I will admit that like I did struggle with the magic system a little bit while reading and again this fully comes back to personal preference um like it's not a criticism of like the world but like just what I enjoy reading in fantasy um I think I struggled a little bit with like feeling a little unmoored and like how does the magic work in this world and like how are they like able to sometimes do these different things that we didn't know about previously but that being said I do think it really works for this story and I think like we've talked a lot about like the kind of 
the scenes in which there's ocean and water and this fluidity. And I think that that exists in the magic of this world too. And I think it's necessary for how this plays out. Um, I was thinking about that more as like in the last, like essentially 24 hours since I finished reading this fic. Um, But just like, you know, even though it's not necessarily something that like clicked with me personally while I was reading it, it's also something that I think was like really intrinsically necessary to this fic to have things that like Jungkook was able to discover about magic as he goes through it. Things that like they're all able to discover about magic together that they didn't know was possible and that like no one really knew was possible. I think that that kind of goes back to like what's at the core of a lot of like BTS fics honestly is like when they're together they're able to do these things that they would have never been able to do on their own and like a lot of this fic is about healing, but I think a lot of that has this sense of sort of like ocean waves and currents that things like flow through you. And sometimes you have to kind of like let go of things, let them be washed away. And like, I think the magic of this world has a very like current aspect to it. Um, Like it kind of flows through them and like through the world and in a way that they're like, they find that they're able to tap into. It's not just coming from themselves, but like it becomes linked between them. It becomes linked to like other things um around them like the ocean and I thought that was like a really smart move for this fit and worked so that the magic and like the other plot elements all felt very tied together in a way that I think was very satisfying yeah well I also think that our understanding of magic in this world probably would have looked different if it was like Namjoon that was entering the world <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. and learning stuff for the first time I think that Jungkook is a character was relatable in the sense that he was like I don't really know what's happening I'm vibing with it let's learn some stuff but like he didn't have this like burning need to be able to explain things I guess that mm-hmm. I would have seen in many of the other characters in this right which I think is like why POV I can't of. relate like yeah. I need to understand Jungkook can you find out for me the reader right please? yeah <laughs> stop being okay with uncertainty I'm not okay with it. <laughs> Sorry, quick interjection. My personal like Jungkook, what are you doing moment was when he um, unhooks his IV bag in the hospital to go to Yungi's room. And I was like, yes. Jungkook, Jungkook, stop. You have to stop. I'm yes, so uncomfortable. Me. Jungkook, you can't do this. I get that it's this like romantic and you need to see Yungi for a this. Okay, yeah. anyway. Okay, that's me though. Like when a character in the fic or like a romantic comedy or something. Sorry, this is a tangent. <laughs> um, but it's related to what Reed said. Um, where they like, well, like, miss a job interview or something and like go confess their love and I'm like your job your job (laughs) (laughs) I get so stressed out yeah like when like when Namjoon and Jin I think are doing all the research and like we just get it as like a sort of inarticulate list like a montage yeah I'm like I know I need to know more (laughs) I'm sorry it's the part of me that like craves lore and like world building <laughs> it's a horrible flaw <laughs> i still think about the oh, um no. the tumblr post that's like reads the back of a ramen packet oh lore <laughs> and nothing has ever been more like brenna yeah it's true <laughs> yeah it's true i'm sorry so i talked in my little intro bit um about how this fic does a lot of literalizing of things and metaphor. And one thing that I didn't quite mention, but that I did want to talk a tiny bit about was um, how it relates to Jungkook's abilities. Because I think this is where we get a really strong literalization of fear of intimacy that I thought was really interesting. I mean, you get that with the gloves, right? I mean, we've all seen Shadow and Bone. 
Uh, I actually have not, but I've read Six of Crows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with the gloves, I was like, okay, Cass. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's him. Uh, yeah, so I think, like, we get that, and with there's such a fear of getting too close for whatever reason it ends up being in this case it's because other people might not want him to be that close and that's the message that he internalized because he got it from his parents his whole entire life of like no one wants you that close and no one would ever want you that close for any reason so you have to take pains to not get that close to people and in his case he can't really help it um but there's this metaphor too of shoving all of his magic inside of a box and it actually makes him very sick at a point in this fic where he had shoved everything down so completely. He wasn't picking up emotions from anyone around him, which he can do without touching people. He is constantly, like, almost trembling, holding himself back from touching anyone. If he's, like, on the subway or something or in a crowded classroom or if he doesn't have his gloves with him. Like, it's all so, so, so balled up into this tight mess of feelings and shame and fear and all of those things together. So I think that's why... I just really, really liked that choice. I thought it was a smart choice and that it allowed for almost a tidier resolution than we would have gotten if it had just been him being afraid of human connection um, because it allows there to be a more complex angle to it first. If he wants to be with people, like Reed said earlier, he wants to be connected. He just doesn't know how to do it without overstepping. And then that almost has an easy solution where they just like put a hand on him and they're like, hi, <laughs> hey, buddy. Um, and they let him talk to them about it. And there is very much a sense of like when you're ready. Um, but I really appreciated that that was the decision that was made because I think it allowed for there was so much satisfaction that came with that box that he had put all his magic in being opened back up. Um, and it played in tandem with the whole thread with his parents of like he doesn't want to go back and now that he knows what it could be like he never wants to go back to what he was doing before so that was just something I wanted to name because I thought it was a really neat narrative decision and it just worked really well for me in the story I just think it is like so sweet like yeah so in the scene where he finally talks about it and they like put their hands on his face or his neck to just like project yeah. love and then he sleeps over in the morning he wakes up because Jimin is cupping his face and the thoughts that are cycling are like get up 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 you're cute but I need to make breakfast and you <laughs> yeah. need to come help me. I think I want to round out this discussion by bringing it back to the found family um, of course. I mean that's <laughs> Whoa, naturally. What? <laughs> well it's like it's also how I think this fic rounds itself out. Um, so I think Nick mentioned this earlier in the discussion, but with some prodding from his friends, Jungkook uh, drops out of the business school and decides to pursue a degree at Tisch um, in videography, um, where, side note, Jin is like, I'll just pay for your entire tuition. And, like, truly, who does not want their, like, hot young friend to just take care of all of their financial worries? I want Kim Suk Jin to take care of all my financial worries. Like, come on, man. <laughs> fund this podcast the fees are not even like it's not even that much money not high they're not high like they're probably less than the rj merch i've bought oh for sure that's the least you can do for me (laughs) it's a fair trade yeah um but part of jungkook's application is um he has to send in a small film and so he decides to ask the others what family means to them and one, I thought the sentiments were very sweet, but two, the thing that I really loved is tying it back to sort of the cinematic nature of this fic is, like, it's sort of almost like a smash cut from each person. Like, the way that it's written, I can so clearly visualize, like, what this film is that 
that Jungkook puts together at the end because you get just like the first word from each member about like what family means to them. So growth from Hoseok, noise from Jimin, on and on. Um, and it goes through all of them giving like a couple sentences about like elaborating sort of on what that specific type of family means. Um, and it ends with Jungkook, who is filming himself in Yoongi's room. Um, and he says, family is where you truly feel at home, where you know you belong. He presses a hand over his heart, where his chest is tight and aching in a good way. You really, truly belong. Um, which, yeah, I thought was very sweet, but also I just, I love, I love the visual of it, that all of this coming back and being sort of wrapped up in this short little film that he sends off. And then he gets accepted, and they're all so happy for him. And it's just good! Yes. Deserved. I said that I wanted him to get his happiness, and he got it. Oh, good for Let the Light <laughs> in, Jungkook. <laughs> Yeah, so that has been our discussion on Let the Light In. Um, it is a very wonderful fic. It was very near and dear to my heart. I'm really glad that I got to bring it for my birthday episode. Um, I hope you all enjoyed it too. Thanks for listening. All right, you spineless arthropods, thanks for listening to this episode of FitClick. Uh, if you're looking to develop a spine, here are some ways you could do so. So you can find us on our social media if you want to interact with us or just get more of us, as you probably should, on Twitter at FitClick, on Tumblr at FitClick, and you can also send us an email at fitclickpod at gmail.com if you would like to send long-form commentary or, like, a lot of links or something as long as they do not contain spyware <laughs> <laughs> yeah please don't send us spyware okay no. thank you um so you may have noticed that we have a new logo for the show uh we did some rebranding that i personally am very excited about so i hope you have enjoyed it as well uh i would like to give a big shout out to our friend tiffany for her assistance on this uh you can find her at tiffanylarsondesigns.com to check out more of her work as well so thank you tiffany i think it looks amazing um you can also leave us a review uh on at least apple podcasts and maybe other podcast sites um I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we would love to hear from you if you want to uh, drop us a line there as well. Uh, we're a very small pod, so it really helps to have uh, reviews. Or if you want to retweet episodes on Twitter or uh, reblog them on Tumblr or just tell a friend or a family member, loved one, teacher, dog, ex about our pod. <laughs> yeah, ex-lover. Anyone you think might be I interested. think you'd like this podcast. <laughs> For our next episode, which is coming out August 6th, we are returning to our three-foot format and also to a theme that we've actually done before in the pod. Um, if you listen to episode 16, Who Spit in Her Cereal? <laughs> Sorry. Uh-huh. Still a mystery. But... Uh, if you listen to that episode, um, you will know that we gave ourselves a challenge to pick fix for tropes that we don't normally read um and we were like hey it's been like a year since we've done that um mm -hmm. we can do that challenge again and surely we'll all be better at it and my voice mm. sounds like this because i think i did worse <laughs> but no, no. not not worse as in the fake is worse like i think it did a worse job at following the challenge um but it just like was enough time to forget how hard it was the first it's time really hard actually <laughs> You can judge for yourself how well we did in the first episode and, uh, or in the first time we did it and how well we do this time around by tuning into our episode. Um, Nick, why don't you tell us what fic you're bringing? 
Oh, I would love to. I actually feel confident about this. So <laughs> the fic that I'm bringing is called Paint by Numbers by BayHJ2915. It is a fic for Critical Role Campaign 1, and the tropes I selected are kid fic and fluff. Wow, sorry, just took a moment to be proud of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, Brenna, what are you bringing? <laughs> well, I would love to tell you, it, I don't think I did any worse than last time. Um <laughs> Did I do better? <laughs> Unclear. But last time I really got clowned by my co-host, even though I thought I did an okay job. So maybe that will help happen again this time. They were like, it doesn't fit at all. And I was like, it totally does. So maybe stay tuned for round two of that. I don't know. Um, I think I did okay, but we will see. Um, the thick I'm bringing is called Living in My Memory, Living in My Mouth by Tardigrade School. Uh, it's a fic for the untamed, um, and the trope I picked is, uh, um, College University AU. Reed, what are you bringing? My fic is All the Days They Got Short by, hmm, Remiges, Remiges. Mm, something something like that. Uh, it is for Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, and the tropes that I picked are major character death and outsider POV. This episode is always so good for me. I know. <laughs> the tropes you two don't like get me so hyped. I love it. Let's do it more often. God, no, it was hard. <laughs> yeah. All right, everyone. Well, I feel my consciousness fading, so I'm going to go walk into the ocean. See you next time. Yikes, Bestie. <laughs> bye. <laughs> Hashtag besties for life. Bye.